We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty is on CFB Nation, presented by Twisted T. Welcome back, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Get to the bag coming up shortly. Malik was pleased, and I'm glad we could tap into this because there's a reason why a certain young man in the quarterback room at Notre Dame wears the number eight. And it's because in 2014, he traveled to the Liberty City Music Bowl to watch Notre Dame play for the first time in person with his parents. And on that day, he fell in love and decided that he wanted to become a quarterback, dreamed of playing quarterback in Notre Dame, and chose his number to be number eight when he played. And it continued to be number eight until he decided to commit to the University of Notre Dame as a quarterback in the 2023 class. And that's none other than freshman quarterback, Kenny Minchie, who at that 2014 Liberty City Music Bowl, watched Malik Zaire make his first start wearing the number eight for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And that is what inspired Kenny Minchie to wear the number eight that he now dons for the University of Notre Dame. Left was able to have a conversation with Kenny Minchie over the break. And Left, you know, give us a little insight on your conversation with Kenny Minchie and uh, the prognosis you have for the young man at the University of Notre Dame. First of all, man, how, when you found out that story, when we both found out that story from his mother, how did it make you feel? knowing that you influenced that young man to want to play quarterback for Notre Dame and to want to wear the number eight because of the way you played on that day. Well, yeah, you always want to, you always feel good when you get to pay it forward and to be able to influence somebody to carry on the, in, in a way the, the, the story, or at least in a way that through the number, I just think it, it shows that, you know, the little time that I got a chance to do it actually made some impact to people that was watching and that they can use that and build on it and have a better uh, career doing it. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So going to the conversation you had with the young man, um, How is he feeling about the game? How is he preparing for the game? Does he think he's going to get a chance to play? We all hope that he gets a chance to play. But, you know, what's the overall takeaway from your conversation? Yeah, I just think he's got the right mindset of being prepared, being ready to go. And so it's just a matter of time before he gets in there. And I think from talking to him, he's overly prepared for this and ready to go to uh, try to get a, a chance to start. I think... He's at that point where we all felt like in his first year and a half, he should be ready to go and play. And I think he's there. He may not know when, but when and if he does, he'll be ready to uh, show us what I think he can. And that's that next level of the passing game. I think he's the first quarterback to show that error for Marcus Freeman and get to doing that. Do you think all the love, or is he aware of all the love that CJ Carr has gotten since he arrived during practices. And with that, you know, what's his approach? Is his approach just, yo, I'm trying to be the starting quarterback next year in 2024? Uh, does he have the same attitude that you had when you came in as a freshman where you, you know, a lot of people don't know, left didn't want to play whatever system was in place. You know, left was like, I'm here to compete and I'm here to start. Do you get that same vibe from Kenny Minchie and his approach? Yeah, for him to even call up there to, and to have an inquiry about getting a chance and they wasn't necessarily uh, the guy on the radar for him and him putting himself in that position to be on the radar, you can only be encouraged that that person isn't bluffing. Nobody just calls up there to take on a challenge like that, especially looking how it hasn't quite been the right development, you know, that – that fosters guys to move on after that and do great things. I think he sees the same potential I saw in Notre Dame, that if just a half-decent guy that has the if factor and that has the talent to 
to do it on a high level, gets a chance to start Notre Dame. I mean, you unlock, you 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 got it. You know, you done found the the the, the pot the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow in, in real life. I mean, that's. I mean, you you up there. I mean, I you know, there's not too many places that has the rewards and benefits of of the position, but Notre Dame is definitely one of those, especially at the quarterback position. So maybe he sees it the same way I did. Anybody that attacks it the way I feel like needs to be attacked, I mean, you you only in line for something really special to happen for you. I want to go back left to what Tommy Reese said about Kenny Minchie, uh, National Signing Day, uh, right after National Signing Day last year. This is what Tommy Reese had to say about Kenny Minchie. Recruiting um, is an imperfect science. Uh, we're thrilled to have Kenny and his family be a part of, of Notre Dame. You know, I think we went into the offseason last year with a you know group of guys that we were uh, interested in and you know Kenny had camped with us so there was a relationship that was built there early on you know obviously um, you know the ecosystem of the quarterback room is, is very important to us and you know that's something we're trying to uphold you know I think we didn't want to just add a guy to add a guy we weren't looking for somebody to come in and fill a number and and just be that role we want you know to always bring somebody in that we believe you know, has the intangibles and the physical traits to, to compete here and, and be the guy. And that's what we found in Kenny. And I think the more time we've spent with him and his family, the more we know and believe that he's the right guy to lead this class. He's a guy that we look to in the future as someone that could lead our program. And um, he's a football junkie, which, which we love. And that's something you learn as you spend time with him. And, you know, an extremely talented kid. And I think it just it goes to show that there is so much growth that can be had you know, people aren't finished products as sophomores or juniors in high school. And as you continue to evaluate and watch film and get around people, you find the right fit. And, you know, that's something I think, you know, more now than ever is the evaluation process in recruiting has to be at a premium. You know, you. Now, with that being said, let's be fair, because Tommy Reese and his evaluation of the quarterback didn't exactly uh, or doesn't exactly give confidence to Notre Dame fans all across the world when it comes to guys that he evaluated and recruited. But one of the things you pointed out, your evaluation of Kenny Minchie that's up on our YouTube channel right now, you can go find it, is that he had certain things in throwing the football that guys in the NFL still haven't learned when it come to, came to knowing what pass to throw in what situation. You said for him to have that special gift in high school lets you know that he's advanced as a thrower of the football. Yeah, I think he's he's got that similar thing that Tommy has where it's like that that arrogance of, you know, I can be the best in here. I don't need to really say it. I'll just go out there and do it kind of a gamer kind of guy. Like he's got the same like snarky confidence, arrogance that's, that lies in that competitiveness that makes them who they are because they know that they have limitations. They may not have the biggest arm or be the fastest or the flashiest QB on the board, but they quietly know that they can compete with the best of them, and if they get the right opportunity, they'll take hold of it. So characteristically, I think he's made of the right stuff to to make a program better and to be a reason why they win. 
or really just be big in moments. You know, I think that's more of a personality than it is a skill that some people are big in big moments and some people aren't. And I think Kenny has that potential to play big in big moments. It's more of a feeling than it is like I know for sure, you know, but he's made of some of the stuff that guys that take hold of those moments are made of. And I just think it's one of those things where he'll develop the more he gets the time to. And I'm just arguing for him to get the time. Because development is going to come in different ways, but it, it won't come at all if you don't get on the field. And I just, that's what I'm fighting for these guys to get on the field and then develop what happened if it happens. What's the one thing that he's learned the most during his freshman year? Uh, I'm, I'm not speaking, quoting him. I'm speaking, you know, my guesstimation of, because I didn't ask him that. But I think he would learn it's just the politics of it and that he realizes that it's not always about being the best because, you know, like you said, when you watch the spring and all five guys are throwing and Kenny is the clear best thrower of the football, Kenny knows that too. And he's like, dude, if I could throw better at all these dudes, why am I not playing? I mean, that's just the obvious assumption of when you're in it because you're like, dude, the best guys got to play. Like. That's what you're, you know, that's what's preached about your whole time Mm. growing up is that, you know, the lead 11, the being the best, and top guys get the best scholarship, this and that. And then when you get in it and realize that the dude's starting, they got all these accolades, and has been doing it, and you watch on TV, ain't even the best thrower on the team or doesn't have the same talent as you, it's almost like a – like a wow, like you took the, the took the the red pill. You're like, oh, I see the matrix. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. this. This ain't about being the best. You know, it's it's a lot that goes into it. Some politics. You got to be likable and certain by certain people. You know, you got to play right in practice at the right times. You know, and not every mistake is the same. You know, a guy ahead of you make the same mistake you make, but you getting cussed out and he's not. You know, so you learn just the intricacies of how college football is not high school football. And that the best you have to play in in spots and moments and when your opportunity is called on. So you may be feel like you're the best on the roster, but none of that matters until you get your chance on the field and you, and you take advantage of it in that moment. It ain't no missing that shot, which he's probably a scene where he's felt like there are moments where, okay, you can pass Angeli if you have a good day. You know, mm-hmm. there's days in camp and days in practice where it's not really said, but you know, you done stacked a couple of good days. He ain't been putting a couple of good games together, and you like, all right, we got scrimmage today. And they and they were like, all right, just go in there and, and run the reps over Steve one time. Them reps over Steve one time is major. Mm. Them one or two little reps where you taking his, you know. That's a big deal. And whether the play happens or not, I mean, it's not always your fault, but, you know, those are the moments that you, you get to have as a as a young guy where you, you look back and be like, okay, I can see where that – I can see where they make these decisions at when it comes to the end of the season. They're like, all right, well, Steve's an automatic number two ready to go. It's a confidence thing. They got to trust you. And so I think he's learned those intricacies of it's not about being the best – thrower of the football. Sometimes it's experience. Sometimes guy been in the system longer, the coaches trust him more. 
sometimes he can just make the right checks. Yeah. And he's like, man, he blowing these throws every time. It ain't always about that. You know, so figuring out what it is about, I think, is that freshman shock, especially if you're not, you know, slated and slotted to be the guy. Like, they're not rolling out the red carpet for you. Some programs with recruits, they rolling out the red carpet. You know, then everybody else, you kind of got to navigate how you get on the red carpet. <laughs> yeah. You know, you start as a side reporter. You might do some cameraman. You might, you know, until you find your way on it, you know. It's just the way it is. Lucky Lefty Podcast. As he prepares for the Sun Bowl, you know, did, did he talk about whether or not he expects to get a series or two here or, or here or there? Or He said he doesn't quite know, but he's ready as if he is. And I think that's the best mindset to have, man, because – when you're in these predicaments, you can't control a lot, especially in, a, in transition. You know, those coaches are thinking beyond your personal feelings of the situation. So you got they, – they scrambling on a bigger picture than what you are. You're just a piece of it. So they ain't spending sleepless – they ain't having sleepless nights if you getting in or not. That's just the reality. They have sleepless nights over hiring this OC and having things look the right way and – getting out of this season in one piece. And, you know, I think some of the time, Marcus Freeman don't even really care about the win as opposed to things on the the up and up and the things in the future plans. I think this is more of just a game for him. Not saying he doesn't care. Obviously, he wants to win, but this ain't life or death. This ain't the hottest seat he's been on going into a game like this either. Now, obviously, you know, you want to win, you better win. But I think he's more excited about what he's going into next year and looking forward to in this offseason. And as Kenny mentioned himself back in the spring, talking about the level of competition at the college level. This level, just because of the people that are here, but um, yeah, even like in high school, I didn't start till halfway through my sophomore year, and that came from injury from the guy who was ahead of me. So I've been in a spot where I need to compete and, um, you know, it's not new to me, and I know like you have to have patience. So, can you talk a bit more about your competitiveness? Uh, yeah, I would say it might not show, but I'm I'm very competitive. I always want to win. Um, growing up, played sports, so that's kind of instilled in me as far as like a competitive spirit. And um, I would say I always want to try to do the right thing and be the best version of myself. So. What's the biggest thing you've learned so far since being on campus? Uh, probably just like adapting to college life being busy 24-7, school, workouts, lifting, coming to throw, meetings, everything. It's just, it's just busy. You can tell. You see, he got that, he got that freaking freaking smirk. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's like, man, I uh, I throw better than all these dudes right now. Yeah, like, you you can, that's what I'm saying, he got that confidence where you don't have to goad him in to try to boost him up. Like, he's, he's boosted. You know, he's he's well understanding of where he is and what he is compared to other guys. So I don't think he's sweating it. This is the listen to the jewel he dropped though, left. He said, Yeah, you know, I didn't really start until like the middle of my sophomore year and that was through the injury. He's not worried about when he gets out there. I was behind, but this is the jewel. 
the jewel is he's letting you know once I got in, I didn't get a job up. Right. He said that was because so, of injury. He didn't right. say he the guy got back in. He said, I got started and never stopped when the guy got hurt. So he's dropping the jewel, like, boy, if I ever get the rings, if I injury, ever get the rings, no injury. However, I get the rings. It's only so, and then he hit you with the yeah, I mean. I've been there before. I've been there before. I'm, I, and, and, I and, the, and the truth that no, you hasn't. You ain't been in no Notre Dame situation like this before. No, you haven't. Facts. But Facts. the fact that he he don't even see it as that. It's more like, I know I got to wait my turn, whatever. You know, like, mm -hmm. it's going to happen either way it goes. And he's ready for it to happen either way it goes, which is, uh, which is what I'm excited for, which is kind of the attitude you got to have. He didn't go in there and be like, yeah, Sam was great. I got to sniff his draws all day and then just witness how average he could be on a on a seasonal basis. He didn't say all that. He was just like, yeah, I got to wait my turn, be patient, and, you know, when it's ready to go down, it's going to go down. He just woke up petty today. Is that what it is? Just I'm just saying, like, he's not looking towards another guy in the room that – inspire him or get him ready to go like that Notre Dame is not in a place like that yet till we get a guy winning some awards in that room or being up for some all American teams and first pick of the drafts then everybody in there is the same you know you better get in there and make something shake change a life hey Steve Angeli this is your opportunity Sun Bowl Friday 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time Change your life, man. Live from El Paso, Texas. Change your life. Did I say El Paso? Is it? Is it New Mexico? What, am I bugging? No, it's New Mexico, right? Oh, it is El Paso, Texas. No, it's I'm El Paso. Bugging. It's on man, the I'm bugging. I'm bugging, bro. See, I'm it's bugging, it's an irrelevant ball game. That's why you just not spot on because you on. It's two o'clock on a Friday. People in traffic. <laughs> Left is upset about this two o'clock on Friday, bro. Yeah, like two o'clock is such an inconvenient kid. Nobody cares. It's like you you trying to watch your stories, catch up on your recorded shows from last night, getting off work, and you just so happy on you know, it's two o'clock is the same when they play like NAIA basketball on TV. Would, you, would you prefer would you prefer to be in the Tax Slayer Bowl like Clemson at eleven? And put us somewhere at night, man. Give us some give us some respect when people winding down. And needing to watch something like our primetime games. You know what I mean? They got us 2 o'clock people, you know, it's the getting close to New Year's. They getting ready. They ain't thinking nothing about watching no TV at no 2 o'clock on Friday. So it's it's a disrespectful time. No, they should have fought for a better time for the game to be played. But, hell, from where the game is located, it might be dangerous anything after 5. So they probably try to get in and out. Before uh, you know, the, the cartels and border issues start coming up, you start having all type of uh, illegal Ill immigrants at, at the game. You know, they just in, at, sitting at the game wondering what's going on. So it's one of those things where you know, you get in, get out, get the season over, write a nice chapter to year two for Marcus Freeman, and hopefully these guys can play their hearts out. Man, I would love to see these young guys give me something to get excited about going into the spring. You know what I'm upset about, Left? I'm upset for the Notre Dame players. You know why? Because the gift bags have to be suspect, Left. We're talking about some bowl. 
Kellogg's Frost Flakes. Like, what you get? Boxes of cereal? Nah, they now nah, they give you they give you like a they give you like a point system. And they'd be like, all right, here are the tiers of gifts. And then you go in and you're able and then to you like, go crazy. You, you pick before you go out there. Now, the only time I did that. That pinstripe was legendary in New York, though. <laughs> never had, okay, never had nothing like that before. That was crazy. Maybe it's because New York and they accounted for different factors. But, or it could just be the Kellogg's Bowl where they just give you some money. Because, you know, when it got old, when it got later and it became more bowl games, the gifts just became like, you know, consolation prize. Oh, we give you five hundred dollars stipend and some some memorabilia, some luggage, you know, and then get you like a a sponsor. Like they give you like a remote control car. <laughs> you know, one of them, one of them things. But the New York one, we got the New York Yankees tour, private tour stadium thing. We ain't got the North Face three hundred dollar jackets. We ain't had the New PS4s when they came out. We ain't got, I ain't got a bed out of it. You know, it was lit. It was lit. We was downtown New York for. What yeah, you mean you got a bed? You got like a new mattress? Man, yeah, they ain't had super nice mattresses for like 300 points. That's why I said the point system. Right. After that, we went, the better bowl games, it was like they just made everything tagged with the, the bowl game logo. Like, a nice Nike fit, but it was like the bowl game sponsored. It was like, oh, you ruined it, you know. I saw the Michigan, you know, put their swag bags up. I'm like, that's it? That's a oh, yeah. When you, when you high up, you don't get the same stuff. So as a player, you want to get the second, third tier bowl because they go out of their way to, like, hook you up. I mean, I guess so because – or maybe it's just location or who's running it. The, the Fiesta Bowl, they cheap. They cheap olds. They ain't give us nothing nothing sweet. When we played Ohio State, they ain't give us nothing but some cool little uniforms and, and, a, and a, one of them drawstring bags with some pencils and papers. You know how that go. It's like one of the things you get from the dentist after you go to the dentist. That's what the, the, the Fiesta Bowl get. That's why they... Not one of the drawstring uh, bags you get at summer camp. Yeah, you get one of them like... A couple stickers for your computer, you know, that old cheapo. It's like the, the version of what you get on the airplane. You know, you get your little cookie, you get your little juice. And then you guys get to, like, the pinstripe, you guys got the chance to kick it with John Bon Jovi, right? Yeah, I mean, he had took us out and rented out little Italy for us. We had dinner on, like, the street. Uh, it was lit. Like, that was – dudes went out. We had got – Coach Kelly even went out that first day. Dude. So, so you sitting out front like like Tony Soprano and Satriali. <laughs> Straight up, then Coach Kelly talk about, yeah, we just gonna work our way into practice the next day. So take y'all time. Like it was just the most relaxed, coolest thing ever. Like it was the best bowl game ever. Hey, I'm willing to bet that Marcus Freeman is like, well, first of all, New York City and El Paso are two totally different cities. So it's not too much that the players can get into in El Paso, but. I'm pretty sure Marcus Freeman isn't saying, you know, let's let's just work our way. No, hell no, not over there. Not over there. Let's just work our way into practice. They met with the media this morning and then went straight into practice. San Antonio's cool though. San Antonio, I feel like they would have fun if it was in San Antonio. I don't know. You like San Antonio? They got the river walk and some cool Alamo and all that. 
Uh, uh, I mean, it's uh, uh, things in the region. You know, things in the region. They might as well just do the Cabo Bowl. That'd be better. Cancun Bowl. If you're that close to, if you're doing El Paso, I might do the Cancun Bowl, Cabo Bowl. Do it in Mexico. That'd be lit now. That'd be lit. It's like spring break before the game. Man, your boys take a beat down in Chicago, and then, you know, they let little, they let Big Deuce and Little Deuce come through the Staples Center and or Crypto Arena, and you know, Chicago dude had to carry the day for the Maybe Lakers. He was trash yesterday. What are we talking about? No, no, no. I think you you got it mixed up. I think you trying. LeBron was trash yesterday. LeBron, LeBron, this is what, 19th Christmas Day game? I mean, we, yeah, we got we bring it up. Number we AD, AD supposed to be coming in the clutch, and what is he doing? He had to do what you want him to do, put up 50? Uh, yeah, <laughs> sometimes we need some of that. All right, man, LeBron got to score 40 to win a game. What's up with that? You know, what was the most shocking stat I saw all day yesterday? What? Steph Curry is averaging 16 points a game on Christmas Day for his career. I was like, yo, that's crazy. Is that is that good? Or? Steph Curry is averaging 16 points that's out of all good. the games he's played on good, Christmas. Right? That's hard. Okay, okay, okay. I was trying I didn't that's know what hard. you were trying to say. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yo, that's yo. Well, he got all them kids now. He probably stressed out on Christmas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. So we get into it. The the uh, arrow the Arrowhead Invitational is on pause for a year. The Chiefs are the Chiefs are oh what super, the Chiefs are super mid. Oh my god, super mid, dude. So, bruh, super mid. And you know what I realized? Who's going to beat them? Who's going to have more leverage? Who's going to have – oh, the Ravens would beat the Chiefs this year. You stop. 
The Ravens would beat the Chiefs this year. Stop. One game? Yes. Especially if it's not at Kansas City. Yes. One game? Yes. You bet yes. against Patrick Mahomes. Yes. If Kyle Hamilton is healthy and playing to take away Travis Kelsey and to force them bum receivers to have to make plays, yes. Now, I love yes. Lamar. I think Lamar should win Super Bowl. I just, you know, you 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 too convincing for me. You know, you don't yes. got no. I know we all believe, oh, we all are like, oh, as long as they got 15. Okay. Yeah. All right. You, 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 say, it just, too, you say it too fast. That's and, all. And, and 15 showed last year that he can win with scrap metal at wide receiver. Like, we yeah. saw that. It's one game. So, I understand people not down, down 15. The, the, dude, the Chiefs already beat the Dolphins. I'm not in on the Dolphins. They already <laughs> proved they can beat the Dolphins. So, I, no. The Dolphins, what about the, the Brownies, though? The Brownies might have something to say, too. The Brownies would be, hey, the, the Browns would be a dangerous squad. Yeah. Hey. Their defense is so good. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah. See, I want to ask a question. LL question of the day. Because I, I believe going into this offseason, Marcus Freeman – has fallen on his sword multiple times for Notre Dame over his first two years. And I think Marcus Freeman is in a place of having some leverage within the program for what he needs and what he might want. I think we saw that with the Mike Denbrock situation and the way it played out. We didn't have any haggling over buyouts and he got more money than he was going to get in his new contract, according to reports at LSU. So now, no haggling with the finances. Notre Dame jumps in feet first financially for Mike Denbrock. I mean, Denbrock was kind of tied in already. But, but you know what else left? Marcus Freeman has leverage. Ladies and gentlemen, when this season is over, you better believe Patrick Mahomes is going to get whatever the hell he wants this offseason. Be a trade, draft. If he wants to get rid of Matt Nagy, who he was screaming at to get the plays in yesterday, you think Eric the enemy didn't make a difference? I guarantee you. Question of the day, who do you think is going to have more leverage in the offseason? Pat Mahomes, Marcus Freeman. Because I think they're both going to have leverage for what they want but that cat pat mahomes is gonna let it be known you can get these tackles out of here these bum tackles you can get these bum wide receivers out of here go get me a dude keep rasheed rice man bums absolute bums lucky lefty podcast well left yeah, Nagy is, he's pretty bad. He's pretty bad. Get to the bag, brought to you by Fashion Geek. I don't, I don't think Patrick Mahomes savvy enough to go in that front office and start changing things around, though. He ain't yes, LeBron he, level now. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He Don't couldn't even keep Tyreek. No, no, no. First of all, they came to him about Tyreek. He couldn't keep him. Well, no, he couldn't keep him because Miami came in with an offer that was ridiculous. If Patrick Mahomes was like LeBron, he would keep him. 
Bruh, he kept me, AD. Wait a minute. And I'm Blair, sure Chicago Blair, wanted to pay stop, a bunch Blair, of AD. Stop capping. Stop capping. Stop trying to promote this dude. This dude. That dude had zero GM power during his first stint in Cleveland. That's why he left. He wanted, a, he wanted Amari, he wanted a he wanted he wanted Stoudemire, and the GM told him no. He wanted other players, and the GM told him no. So stop acting like LeBron has always had power to just walk in. He does through his home. career. No, no, no. LeBron has he had 114 not. different players. But he traded on first, his team. Dude, will you listen? For the first seven years, he had zero power. You see the way the owner talked about that dude when he left? <laughs> that dude had zero power in that organization as far as players. Carlos, wait, Carlos Boozer left LeBron, fam. Carlos Boozer is a blip on LeBron history. I'm Darvin Ham and 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 he made got more more credit. When Carlos Boozer was a free agent, LeBron asked him to stay, and Carlos Boozer bounced and went to Utah. But we all know it's documented fact that everybody on LeBron's rookie team was hating on LeBron. Was that may, that may be true. That may be true. Bunch of them was haters. That so Carlos true. Boozer, I'm not surprised. Except, except for uh, Big Z. Except for Big Z and Big, Big Z, Z stayed and Big Z stayed and LeBron took him to the finals against the Spurs and and I mean LeBron played against four Hall of Famers. I mean, what do you what do you expect? Four Hall of Famers with Drew Gooden and Zildjuna Selgowskis and Sasha and Sasha Vujacic, whatever his name is. Lilo Delante said, uh, "SD and Malik, what's your guys' predictions for the 2024 linebacking core looking like?" I think Kaiser is a wrench. Let the young bulls eat. Osbury, Bowen, Sneed, Ava, Ziegler, and Compton. I think Osbury should be that staple in the group. I think Osbury has the talent, the size. You know, I'm excited to see this Marcus Freeman era of linebackers be pretty stout. I think we can squeeze out a Manti in there somewhere, you know, eventually. Somebody, a mar- we need a marquee linebacker. Mm hmm. Yeah. And hard capping the NFL means absolutely nothing. I don't know if that's why teams hire capologists. Hard capping the NFL means absolutely nothing. Dude. Especially when y'all paying Montez Sweat all that money. What y'all Heck doing yeah, over dude. there in Chicago? Like you can, you can draft, you can, you can trade, manipulate the, the, the cap in the NFL. It's been done for years, dude. The Dallas, dude. Jerry Jones, constantly. you see how Shohei Otani got it done. NFL Dude. get it done the same way. Prolong your the 49ers are 40 years manipulating the cap. The Cowboys manipulating the cap, just building players. The Philadelphia Eagles with Jeffrey Lurie have been doing it for the last two years. The Rams, how they won a championship, they signed all Heck their players. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Dude. Dude, you can manipulate the cap and get whoever you want. They made the Aaron NFL. Donald take a year off to pay him. Yes. <laughs> Facts. That's he took all the last year off, wasn't even playing. Yeah. That's it. There's so many ways you can manipulate the cap in the NFL. You know, and look, I applaud Kansas City for they did it last year. They started the most rookies and won the Super Bowl or the second most rookies last year and won the Super Bowl. So I applaud them for not panicking, uh, handling 
the Chris Jones situation, not only handling the Chris Jones situation financially and making it a short-term gap, but drafting on that defensive line. And now you're seeing some of the young defensive linemen come into play. Karloftis is playing better. He's going to get even better. The back end, all of their guys' defensive backfield are young. So you have to coach and develop, right? No problem. Kansas City can draft, coach, and develop. They just don't know how to draft. Rasheed Rice is going to be nice. Uh, nice pickup. But they're going to have to go get a dude via trade. I mean, they have it'll be all right. You got to get the offensive coordinator. And see, this is the thing. With Pat, you don't have to go get, let's say, uh, you don't have to go get Justin Jefferson for Pat. You don't. I mean, you do. They got Tyreek Hill, and they were super successful. No, I said you don't have to go get that type of wide receiver to be successful. But just get some competent ones that can actually catch the ball. Just don't come into the next season with Kadarius Tony and Justin Watson, bro. Like, can you not do that? Heck, the Chicago Bears wide receiver core will be an upgrade over the Kansas City wide receiver core. Who? If if you if DJ Moore was in Kansas City, DJ Moore has 1,200 yards. You said the receiving core. You said the receiving yes. core. Oh, hell no, hell no, hell no, hell no. I, I guarantee you Mooney would be better off with Patrick Mahomes. What? Than Kadarius Tony. even though Pat, yeah, Mooney dropped the Kadarius ball. Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony plays special teams too. Shout out to my former teammate. He was a baller when I was at Florida. Shout out. Yeah, dude, he's a goof. Man, the cap, you keep arguing that the cap is real. And every year we watch teams manipulate the cap. Like you're arguing a totally different point. Kansas City didn't let Tariq Hill go because of cap reasons. They let him go because of guaranteed money. Do your research. Do your research. Tariq Hill said this himself. He went back to Kansas City, who had offered him a deal. The cap wasn't a problem. They wanted him back. Miami guaranteed him more money, and he asked them flat out, can you match the guaranteed money? And Kansas City said, no, we're not going to do that. The cap wasn't an issue. They wanted to bring him back. They had a plan on how to manipulate the cap to bring him back. That's what I'm trying to tell everybody. The cap in the NFL for good organizations and winning organizations is not an issue. It's not an issue. If the Cincinnati Bengals want T. Higgins back next year, they can figure out a way to get him back if they want him. T. Higgins might have to take less guaranteed money. And maybe get more of a signing bonus and structure the deal a certain way. But the cap can be manipulated very easily. We watch teams do it all the time. That's all I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to say. The Chiefs did not let Tyreek Hill go because of cap reasons. The big reason, no, the only reason that they let him go was guaranteed money. 
it gave them an opportunity to match the guaranteed money. And if they had matched it, he would have stayed in Kansas City and structured the deal to do so. When they told him, no, we're not going to give you that much guaranteed money, he went to Miami. And honestly, that's the main issue for players in the NFL. Most of them. What's the guaranteed money? Especially if this is my, my big opportunity to cash out. I need guaranteed money. No, there is not only so much you can manipulate, dude. You can manipulate with signing bonus. You can manipulate with restructuring. You can manipulate with escalating bonuses. It's a lot of, it's like four or five ways you can manipulate the NFL cap. They make it this way for a reason. That's why you hire. Literally, like, teams have staffs of five to seven people that all year, this is what they do. Research, cap, find ways, find cracks to deal with the cap. This is why they do it. Period. Period. So when you say he left Kansas City for cap reasons, that's not true. He didn't leave. Kansas City for cap reasons. He left Kansas City because he got more guaranteed money from the Dolphins. The fact that he went back to Kansas City after the Dolphins offered him showed you that he wanted to stay, number one. He wanted to stay with Kansas City. Otherwise, why go ask them if they can match it? If Kansas City had matched the guaranteed money, he would have stayed with Kansas City and they would have structured the deal the way they needed to to manipulate the cap. That's what Jeffy Lurie is great at that. San Francisco, going back to DeBar, DeBar, uh, the previous owner, DeBartolo, and still to this day, they're great at that. Um, who am I missing? Somebody else is great. Um, the Ravens have been great at it. Over the years with Bashadi. Jerry Jones does it. He doesn't do it effectively, but Jerry Jones does it. You know, it is what it is, man. It is, it is. The cap didn't prevent them. From the guaranteed money. You can pay guaranteed money and sign in bonuses in four different ways. You're wrong. I'm trying to tell you what I know. If I didn't know for sure, I wouldn't say it. There's five different ways you can get guaranteed money to players and structure it. Before they play, after they play, there's so many ways you can do it. So no, the cap did not prevent them from giving them giving him the guaranteed money. They could have found a way to guarantee the same amount of money and structure the deal. I'm trying, you can take, you know what? I'm trying to tell you. I do. Five years, ESPN, all I did was work with NFL guys. I'm trying to tell you. 
the cap in it, the cap in NHL hockey, serious. The cap in no, the cap, the hard cap in NHL hockey, serious, very serious. It's very serious. The cap in the NFL, full crap, full of it. And teams prove it every year. It's a facade. It's a facade. Heck. And what, what does it mean? Because every year, like this year, last year the Bears had over 100 million in cap space. I think this year the Bears will have 60 million in cap space. Right? And the report now will say the Kansas City Chiefs, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, and other teams will have like $3 million in cap space going into the offseason. But somehow, some way, with $3 million in cap space going into the offseason, they find a way to manipulate the cap, bring in this cat, trade for that cat, and they're all making over $3 million. How are they doing that? Manipulation of the cap, because the cap has so many loopholes and is made that way for the business model of the NFL. Just trying to tell you, man. It's as simple as that. That's why it's the greatest product. That's why it's one of the greatest products ever. It's one of the greatest products ever, dude. And that's why they keep what the you yesterday, the graphic in the hunt, in the hunt. And they keep fan bases like the Bears and uh, teams that are six and eight, seven and eight, still feeling like they have a viable chance to make the playoffs and like to get viewership up and drive revenue. Like, dude, the business model and the way they structure it in the NFL is chef's kiss, man. They they do an incredible job incredible job dude you keep arguing points that have nothing to do with what we said first of all stick to the point you were wrong about tyreek hill just admit it or go do the research and get the quotes directly from tyreek hill on several podcasts you don't have to believe me go hear from the horse's mouth that's all you have to do. He talked about it. This is not about, they, there is no cap in baseball. You can spend what you want. Look at the Dodgers. That's apples and oranges. Why are you even bringing up the NBA and, and, and Major League Baseball? It's apples and oranges. That's common sense. Of course, it's totally different and more limiting in the NFL. But they structure the limit with loopholes on purpose. They structure it on purpose. Look, he can do what LeBron does. What are you talking about? And what does LeBron do? What does he do? What does he do? They traded a boatload of picks that literally made New Orleans a good basketball team. Literally. For Anthony Davis. That's what they did. Patrick Mahomes can get his general manager to trade picks to go get an impact wide receiver. What are you talking about? Is that not the same thing? Please help me. Is that not the same thing? If Patrick Mahomes walks in 
and said, go get me a dude. It's up to the front office to figure out a way to get the dude. You act like LeBron got the Lakers to sign Anthony Davis in free agency. He didn't. They traded for him. They traded for him. Matter of fact, name the free the big time free agent. Name the big time free agent that LeBron got signed. Name Ray Allen. Look, you tell me what's the biggest free agent? Free agent, not trade. What's the biggest free agent that LeBron got somebody to sign? Hmm? You on mute? D-Wade in Cleveland, right? Oh, you went th- you went that low? It's not low. D-Wade's a Hall of Famer. That was back in D-Wade, though. You hey, you might be right, though. You might be right. Wait a minute, Austin Reeves, right? He went to bat for Austin Reeves. I'm not, you know, I don't support that. So Hey, I'm trying to tell you, man. He went to bat for Alex Caruso, and Caruso went to the Bulls. But be fair, LeBron's the best player in the world, so it's not like him bringing – Who is he going to bring that's going to look like a good free agent trade better than himself? He's the best player on the team. But this dude keeps saying Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback can't go say, go get me a big-time receiver. He can. I just – the Lakers traded for A.B., the Chiefs can trade picks for a number one receiver. Why is why is this concept slow? Why, why is this concept slow? Patrick Mahomes can literally say, dude, find a way to get me a receiver. And, and, and Rodgers does it. Exactly. He'd be bringing Randall Cobb anywhere he go. Alan Lazar got a pay because he went to the Jets because of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you know, exactly. Tom Brady does it. And once again, does it. see, see, he's walked, he keeps going to subjects that I'm well versed in. But he tries to bring up Ed, and this is for fun. This conversation is just for fun. He's talking about the Warriors and KD. Draymond Green and his agent at the time, DJ Armstrong, set up the KD move two years before it happened. Well, this is why you have to do your research. This is why. Draymond Green purposely set the KD deal up to go in line with the restructuring of his new contract. So they they found a way, him and BJ Armstrong, two years before the KD move happened. This is out of Draymond Green's own mouth. This is why you got to do your research. They found a way to manipulate the cap to be able to get all four of them to a point in the cap, because they weren't underneath the cap. They had to pay a luxury tax. This is why you have to do your research. And this is why teams manipulate in the NBA, because the cap doesn't mean anything, and great organizations are willing to pay the luxury tax. They don't have a problem going over the cap because the cap is crap. Period. And Draymond Green and B.J. Armstrong Two years before KD hit free agency, said, yo, we can get this guy if you take this. Draymond, if you take this instead of what you're really worth and structure it like this, you guys can go get him in that summer. And Draymond started working on that 
verbally with KD out of his own mouth two years prior. So stop believing that all the cap limit. The cap don't limit nothing for smart people. If you have smart people and good ownership, the cap doesn't limit you from going out and get other good players. That's why the 49ers, the Eagles, always seem to add good players every offseason when they have minimal cap room, according to reports. That's it. So it's disingenuous to say Patrick Mahomes can't tell his ownership, go get me a guy, because he's limited by the cap. They have trade assets. I don't forget the cap. They have trade assets via draft picks. That's how you get other good players in bad situations in the NFL. Trade picks, get a good receiver, and we don't have to talk about the cap. It's that simple. So you keep talking about the cap, talking about, and then you still haven't told me. Left said, old D-Wade. You said old D-Wade, right? Right. Right? Right. If that's the best, all this power LeBron has, that's the best free agent that he's brought in his career? Everybody wanted to beat LeBron at the time. But see, my point is his biggest acquisitions have always come via trade. Well, he has Shaq, too. Yes. It's via trade. So Patrick Mahomes can literally ask for the same thing in the offseason. That was the whole point. All this talk about the cap and all that stuff and Tyreek Hill, that mean, means nothing. Absolutely nothing. If he wants a receiver, it's up to the front office and the ownership of Kansas City. Clark Hunt and Brent Veach has done an incredible job as a general manager. Incredible job. Incredible job. They just restructured Chris Jones in a short time to manipulate the cap and still give them an opportunity to go out. I think the only reason Kadarius Tony wasn't cut is because of the cap hit. His contract would have put on the books. So it makes no sense to let him go into the offseason and move on. The Kansas City Chiefs knew in order to set up 2024, Man, we have to take one more year of not going out getting a guy and seeing what we can do. So they've been setting up the 2024 offseason. They've been setting this up. They've been setting this up. I think what's the uh, – Adam um, – I was about to say Adam Johns. Adam Rank had an article about this. Like, dude, you better get Kansas City now because the draft capital they have in 24 and 25 on top of what's coming off the books in 24-25. Yo, they don't have to pay the youngsters on the back end, I think, for another two years or something like that. Dude, that's why I said what I said, love. Like, Patrick Mahomes took it on the chin. He took it on the chin this year. He took it on the chin this year. Yeah, but he knew what he was signing because he knew. But he knew he knew he knew what he was signing up for. He took it on the chin, and that's why I said Marcus Freeman took it on the chin in multiple ways over the past couple of years. But I think they both go into the offseason with leverage 
and opportunity to speak their mind for what they want. I think we've seen Marcus Freeman get benefit from that a little bit here recently. Hopefully he benefits more. And um, yo, uh, like Adam Rank said, man, don't don't sleep on the Chiefs. You know, it might be a, a one-off thing and don't sleep on Notre Dame. I know they're in the Sun Bowl. But, heck, we were just laughing at Washington and Texas playing in the Alamo Bowl last year. Here they are playing each other in the college football playoff the next year. It could be as simple as that. It really could. So that's my connection to Patrick Mahomes and Marcus Freeman. I always had to throw the alley-oop to bring it back to Notre Dame. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Left, anything else before any other tidbits from your conversation with Kenny Mitchell? Uh, no, man. I'm just excited to see what they put on the field, honestly. I think you're me. Follow us on YouTube. We greatly appreciate you guys. We're going to have an end-of-the-year show on Friday. Because I think Friday might be our last show of the year unless we do a Saturday show left. Well, no. Okay. No, okay. no, Friday, Friday will be post-game. I'm bugging. Post-game, yeah, got to get a post-game. Friday night, post-game show, Friday night of the Sun Bowl. And then um, Saturday, we will have the end-of-the-year show, and we're going to have multiple guests on the show. We're going to cover the entire year uh, of Notre Dame football. Ups, downs, best moments, worst moments, play of the year. Player of the year. I can guarantee you this. Uh, Sam Hartman ain't getting the MVP on the Lucky Lucky podcast. That I can guarantee. We can tell you that now. Facts. We're gonna have we're Facts. gonna have a discussion. We'll give you a real war show. Yeah. We're gonna give you a real award show. Because that cat Sam Hartman ain't winning not one award on the Lucky Lucky podcast. He's still Nash one. over Kobe for the MVP right now. He's so crazy, man. You know Steve Nash didn't deserve it that year. I don't I'm gonna be honest. I don't it would Sam Hartman be even in the top three of our MVP race for this season for Notre Dame? No. No, I don't think so. Because what was his moments that he was he made himself MVP this season anyway? Somebody give me one moment. The fourth down play against Duke. That I mean that's that's what comes up. I'm really that's what we signed him for in comparison to what he's what we signed him for. Left what was just, his moment to be the MVP on the team? And you cannot say it was Duke. I he left, supposed to win as a team success over Duke. Left, I was just answering your question, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> was it the 50-point win over Navy? Really? Left, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just know he's not winning MVP. He's not winning offensive player of the year. He's not winning defensive player of the year. At all. No. And, you know, at some point we're going to talk about, we're going to give our predictions for the rest of the bowl games, still. Which I already have my, you want to hear the rest of the predictions? Because then we can just do yours later on in the week. I'll save them for later in the week. But I have Notre Dame 31-13 for sure left. 31-13 for sure over the Oregon State defense, man. Mark it down. 
And I only said that because, look, our starting tackles aren't playing. You know what time it is, left. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction Petty Story today brought to you by Nora Whiskey at NoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey at NoraWhiskey.com. MalikZaire.com for all your traveling needs. Hit up MalikZaire.com and watch out for left as he builds his portfolio out. That kind of left is becoming a developer of not only uh, quarterbacks and offenses, but communities as well. So, and he's not a Trump. You don't have to worry about him. He's not that type of landlord. I don't know. Trump's a billionaire. You know, I saw something um, the other day. They said generational wealth starts with somebody that was a thief first. Hmm. Somebody had to do something wrong to get get the thing kicked off. For generational wealth to really start. That's funny because it takes me back to the conversation they had on a Joe Budden podcast when they said you have to understand the difference between greed and capitalism. Right? Capitalism is a system built to take advantage of, and greed is just yo. Greed is greed. Which doesn't necessarily, you know, have to deal with you taking advantage of somebody. Mm. I mean, how does it not? Because it be I mean, greedy, somebody else has to have less, right? Hey, bro, if I sit down and have a great meal, right, and the waitress flirts with me, and she wants to give me her discount on my on my ticket, I didn't. I didn't. I'm not taking advantage of her. Uh huh. Because you no. can say no, thank you. I didn't do anything to. I didn't capital. Dude, what am I capitalized on her? I'm dude. I'm just blessed that she. The discount. I'm a, I'm a cute dude. I'm blessed that she thinks that highly of me. I. What do you want me to do? So cute is subjective. I the beholder. That's right. So she is the one that is beholding. <laughs> so in her eyes, I deserve. You a worth discount. the discount. I'm worth an employee discount. Not now, it, maybe, but you have wait, to match wait, wait, what wait. she's thinking though. Now, because if you was just like, nah, I'm not interested. No, for me to no capitalize discount. on that. No, <laughs> that's not even that's cap. Because nobody, nobody watching us right now would say no to the hookup. Stop, <laughs> stop. That's going back to the Peter Ward days. Like you suspending them two games because he got hooked up on some shirts at Dillard's. Really? We all have. If done he that. wasn't Peter Ward, he wouldn't get the discount. That's my point. <laughs> it's not my fault. The sales, the sales lady had a crush on Peter Ward. What do you want him to do? Say, Say no? no. Come on, yeah. man. 
You wouldn't say no. The rules are the rules, Sean. I don't make up the rules. Would you say no? I don't care what the rules are. <laughs> Would you have said no? Are there consequences? Come on, well. <laughs> Chris can never get a straight answer. Because I want to answer it right now. I don't want the things to be clipped up and oh, put on the message board. Oh, Malik thinks everything in life is free. Now, to, <laughs> to capitalize on the situation, and some people might feel the fact that you're paying less is capitalizing on the situation. To capitalize on the situation would be for that person to then turn around and take advantage of the kindness and maybe ask for a phone number or try to set up a date or something. Now you're trying to take advantage of the situation because you're trying to take it further. But, you know, left the South Alabama player that snuck back on the field to blindside another player from the winning team gets a lifetime ticket punched on the petty train today. That's one of the dumbest and most cowardly moves I've ever seen in my life. Ever, man. It is. Yo, who gets that upset about a loss or something that transpired during the game? Like, I I, I would love to know what was behind it, whether or not it was something said. Because it could not have just come from pure competition. Could not have. He's on the petty train. And I don't even want to say his name. Because I don't want I don't want to embarrass a young man like that. But man, that was horrible. Ed three, thank you for the super chat. Love you, Sean. Sorry for how you even hijacked the show. It's all conversation, dude. We're just in the barbershop chopping it up. That's what we do every day. Sending around Notre Dame football. You got anybody on the petty train? Somebody said they want to put Dr. Umar on the petty train. <laughs> Dr. Umar is speaking that truth, man. That brother that went to Lions then. Huh? The ish ish that went to Lions then. He was defending him too hard, man. He was too too emotional in it. Well, see, when it came out why he was defending so hard, it's like, look. You want to start talking about like how many people you employ and all of that, man. You moving the goalposts. That's not even the conversation. That's not even the conversation. You know, which is why I said, man, you have to when you when you talk to intellectuals, man. You 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 make sure you do your work, man, because emotionally reacting and being defensive. Um. It's, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. Right? And it's funny because I've had this discussion with people left that don't that feel a certain way about Dr. Umar Johnson. And I don't agree with everything that Dr. Umar Johnson says. But you know what Dr. Umar Johnson is? He's a person of action for our community and young people. And I put more value in that than people that do this. Cause there's a whole bunch of people out there that do this. 
talk, put up a facade, and don't do anything for the community. The one thing that's undeniable is his track record within the community and within the culture of works, actual works. That is something that you can't take away from. You can't. You don't have to like him. You can't take that away from him. So, you know, like I said, I don't agree with everything he says left, but I don't have to. Heck, we don't agree with everything each other said. I don't agree with everything left says. He doesn't agree with everything that I say. Left put T.D. Jakes on the petty train the other day. I wouldn't have put him on the petty train, or I would never put anybody like that on the petty train. I wouldn't. But it is what it is. Paulo, that could be true. But when we're talking about intellectuals, and once again, if you're going to interview an intellectual, they're like, if someone has credentials in a certain area, you can't sit there and refute the fact. And if they're spitting facts, you can't respond to their facts with emotions as a host. I'm just trying to give some bullet points for people that actually want to get into podcasts and do things. That's one thing. And I gave an example of Angela Yee. Like, always be prepared for the people that are coming on your show always small tidbits do your research especially if they're an intellectual period so you know i'm gonna go upstairs and you see i'm scruffy guys so as i give you a a goodbye for today Baby girl got me a nice little shaver, a new shaver for Christmas. I think I'm about to go use it, man. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. We'll dig in more to the matchups on the defensive side of the ball, and the offensive side of the ball, and then we'll have some sound, hopefully, from media day today. And uh, we'll be one day closer. Friday, 2 o'clock, El Paso, Texas, the Sun Bowl. Notre Dame takes on the Oregon State beat. But left, I'm Sean Davis. Ooh, I didn't think we were gonna we would give you two hours, but we did. Lucky Lefty Podcast. <laughs> Have a great day. Yes, sir. Most of all, make sure you spin it. Spin it different. It different.